0: all right it's morning huddle time good morning you, no, uh, i'm not saying it works which god god saying speed. <laughs> i wish you god speed with all of that i think that's really really nice um i you know i'm not sure what kind of success you're gonna have with that today because the world my friend has changed right, right. latin We're... american construction workers they have different needs they have completely
1: different yes, These awards have a huge um like criteria that you have to fill out and they usually have a community service or community relations portion them, uh, you know the most productive uh, with a high performance value um, and you know sometimes it's 11 o'clock at night yeah.
0: funny isn't it uh, yeah I, not not for me not
1: for uh, me
0: I, at 11 o'clock I am guaranteed to be snoring so so um... <laughs> Good morning. It's morning huddle time. Chad Prinky here, along with my co-host and producer, Stacy Holzinger. Stacy, how are you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing good. I'm here with our friend Tom Hughes, good friends with his wife Allison.
2: <laughs> how you doing today? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. I'd be doing a lot uh, better. Eagles were nine and zero, but
0: uh, that's what I was about to. I, yeah. So, so you're in Philly uh the eagles were streaking and the streak came to an end uh at the hands of the Washington DC football commanders
2: mm, the storied commanders
0: the story
2: <laughs> it's a uh, yep in history against the commanders
0: <laughs> get used to it that's what we're we're, we're I'm, I'm getting used to it i was I was, I was really settling into football team there for a while.
2: But, uh, it's actually a better name than the Commanders.
0: <laughs> it's at least more descriptive. Um, <laughs> at least I, what, what do they do? It's, there's no question what the right. football team does. <laughs> um, so, so Tom, uh, Tom joins us today uh, to talk about practical <laughs> applications of lean in construction. And, and lean has, is a concept that's been around for a long, long time and uh, really was born out of the manufacturing industry and um, you know ha- is something that's been applied successfully in various industries. Uh, construction has been working to apply it, I believe, since uh, the, you know, the 80s. Uh, there, there are lots of things that we probably do that are normal today that were a part of lean methodology or lean uh, philosophy, uh, but there are so much room to grow, so much room to improve. And Tom, has, I think, a really um, a practical, down-to-earth story, a series of stories, about uh, how to apply lean in your world today. So if you're an audience member and you're hearing this, you're thinking, okay, I've heard lean. I don't know exactly you know, what that pertains to. You're going to walk away today with some stuff that you really will be able to, to start to go and do uh, that, that'll help you to, to apply lean principles and, and, uh, and, and get the gains that that sort of stands for. So Stacy, let's make sure that we get great interaction from our audience, uh, today. I'd love to have some audience questions, uh, in the last few minutes here. I will, um, carefully put you, uh, on hold. Hopefully I don't black out today, like it happened last week, but, uh, and, uh, and Tom and I will get rolling through this, uh, through this conversation. All right. Sounds good. See you soon. See you Stace. So, so, Tom, um, first off, what's your story? What's your background? Give us a little, um, you know,
2: framework for who you are. So, uh, I, I'm from the Philadelphia area. Grew up just right outside of Philadelphia in, in Bucks County. <clears throat> um, you know, my father uh, is a mechanical contractor. So, I grew up working for him uh, when I was in high school. I went, to, I went to Drexel University, got a degree in mechanical engineering, um, moved on to, to, uh, get my, uh, mechanical PE. Um, I realized while I was working as a mechanical engineer that, you know, I didn't want to just be behind a desk all day. Uh, I wanted to be out in the field. Uh, I moved into a role of a, uh, you know, a field engineer where I was kind of involved in all of the trades, MEP, um, and uh, and I spent so, I spent a lot of time out in the field. It was at that point where I, I switched over to uh, the construction side. I was working for another uh, EPCM firm, uh, design build firm, which uh, Genesis is a is also an, an EPCM firm. Um, I joined the you know the CM group, and uh, you know I held a a lot of different positions, you know from a, a construction manager or a superintendent. Uh, to a, an assistant project manager or project manager, uh, I did some commissioning, uh, which you know that's you know that's basically the, the startup of uh, the equipment and systems. After yep. you know the design and construction is complete, it's verifying that that everything's installed and operates as per the design. Um, I'm I'm the associate VP of construction here at Genesis AEC. Uh, we are a, a full AECM CQV firm here in Bluebell. We service the, the healthcare industry um, or the life science industry. Um, you know, 90% of, of what we do is, uh, is with pharma companies. <clears throat> um, we have five offices. We've got uh, our office here in Bluebell, our, our home office. Uh, this is where our construction group operates out of. Uh, our construction group is, you know, mainly uh, regional at the moment. We, we serve, you know, basically the, uh, from, from New York down to Virginia, kind of uh-huh. the, the Atlantic region. Um, we've got a, a small satellite office in Philadelphia uh, where we have young professionals, uh, people that want to live and work in the city, a lot of uh, architects and engineers uh, working out of the, the Philadelphia office. We've got about 50 people in the in the Philadelphia office. Uh, we have a satellite office in Boston uh, that we opened uh, a few years ago. Uh, and then we also have uh, services on the West Coast, where we have an office in San Francisco uh, and an office in Carlsbad.
0: Fantastic. Uh, yeah, and so, 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 so today, you're, total. I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: About, we have about 370 people total.
0: Wonderful. That's that's fantastic. Um, and you've been there for how long?
2: Uh, eight years. Eight years,
0: right on. Uh, so today, so today, you're working inside of this uh, multi uh, multiple discipline, um, really f- uh, fully integrated. It sounds like uh, you know, engineering and, and construction firm that, depending on where you are in the country, maybe it's engineering, maybe it's engineering and construction, right? It, it, it depends on right. uh, where you are in terms of what what skill sets the, the team has in different regions. So uh, I, you mentioned that you're working a lot in healthcare and life sciences. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm interested in that space in particular. What makes, you know, because, okay, so I'll just, I'll, I'll say it this way. I don't think that there certainly aren't a lot of like I don't know multifamily multiple disciplinary uh, groups that uh, you know build apartments in this you know fully comprehensive way where we handle the whole thing from soup to nuts um, like you, there are in healthcare and life sciences. You're you're um, not the only one in your right. space that <clears> does not <throat> what, what do you think is happening in healthcare and life sciences that makes wh- why are those owners? you know, more bought in or open to this?
2: So I think part of it is, is the speed to market for uh, life sciences, right? You want, you want to try and get everybody uh, integrated together, get everybody working together early on to get a project through execute, through its execution cycle quicker. And you also have, you know, there's, there's one point of the spear, you know, you are going to, one person who's running one entity who's running everything and it kind of it makes things a little easier on uh, the owner and the client side where they can say okay I have this is this is who I want to go to and you know leverage all of the services that they have in-house to kind of you know make their lives easier.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I th- so so it, if it comes down to speed to market, what you're saying, I think, is that by its nature, the way that you're delivering projects is faster. Right. So, so uh, enter lean. I, 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 this is, I think, a good opportunity to, to talk about that and, and the efficiency or, or reduction of waste. Let's define we, lean. What is lean about? What does it mean in, in particular, uh, you know, p- applied to the construction uh, industry?
2: Yeah, so at the heart of it, I mean, the true tenant of lean, whether it's lean construction, lean design, you're just looking for the elimination of wastes and coming up with a more efficient way to execute a project. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's they like to say there's, there's seven wastes uh, on a construction project. <laughs> Transportation, inventory, motion, waiting, overproduction, overprocessing, and defects. So rework, um, you know, moving constantly, moving things around when you're out in the field, um, you know, just sending out too much, uh, too many raw materials out to the site, or sending out, you know, everything that you need for the project, and just over overcrowding the uh, the construction area. Um, it's kind of picking up on those wastes and eliminating them in order to, you know, make the process more efficient. Uh, you know, we talked, we talked previously about how the construction industry, there's just, there hasn't been any improvements in efficiencies over, you know, the last 50 to 60 years. So there's, the, you know, it's trying to find ways to improve on, on those processes. Um, you know, and utilize all of the the new technologies that we have in order to do so.
0: Yeah. So, so that's that's one of the interesting things about it. The more you dig into what Lean is all about, what it stands for, it's a lot of things. It's not. It, it's because, to your point, it's more of a philosophy. It's more of a it's more of a strategy uh, overall than it is any one or or, or, or set of solutions. So, so when you look at you know uh, practical applications of lean philosophy, lean strategies in your work, give us a few specific success stories that you know, or, or start with one. I don't, want to, I don't want you to have to weave, you know, but you know, start with start with a, a success story that'll paint the picture so that we can really wrap our hands around what you mean.
2: Well, I can. I'll give you a a really good one that was recent. Uh, You know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, um, but it was a a prefabrication of uh, an electrical uh, substation. Uh, It was a large substation room. Uh, It was, you know, twenty-four by fifty foot long, in two sections. Uh, One of the sections, ninety-six thousand pounds. The other section, thirty-six thousand pounds, and. Uh, before we we met yesterday, you know, we were in the process of, of setting those two sections uh, up on the roof uh, on one of our projects. In fact, I was out on that client site yesterday uh, as that was going on. Um, we had to prefabricate that entire substation room uh, in order to get it set and in place uh, and start, you know, we're about to start executing the uh, shutdowns and um, and switchovers because we couldn't shut down the existing gear uh, in order to execute all of the electrical scope on the project we had to essentially add an entire uh, you know new substation to the project uh, in order to get the shutdowns that we needed because this is an existing building uh, it's a vivarium building so there's operations 24 seven, you know, the the subjects in that building don't get to work nine to five and and go home at the end of the day. Uh, There's 24 hour operations. Um, There are uh, ongoing research campaigns that, you know, go for multiple years. um, And we just couldn't afford those interruptions as part of the project. Yep. So, um, you know, we talked about thinking outside of the box that was one of the things where, you know, prefabricating a building substation and putting it on the roof of the building to allow us a little more flexibility was something that, you know, the project wasn't thinking of until we got to the point where, okay, we can't shut anything down. How are we going to overcome this?
0: That's awesome. So, so pulling, pulling, and which if you could put your finger on it for us, which are the moments where if you hadn't had the exposure and training with lean, you may have missed it.
2: Um, So I I would say, you know, not getting, you know, kind of that, the old way of thinking of, you know, everybody's kind of siloed, uh, not getting, not pulling everybody together, you know, in having that, Big room mentality, uh, which you know during COVID, that wasn't something that was always easy to do. Right. Um, you know, we were fortunate enough where we were essential employees during COVID, and we were still able to to gather together somewhat. But we also utilized, um, you know, teams uh, and and other remote technologies to kind of get everybody together, but, uh, it, that in the field, hands-on, you know, getting the electrical contractor together with the, with the electrical engineer and the construction team and going through it and whether it was a, a teams meeting or trying to get people in person to, to walk down the facilities, uh, you know, that was, that was important. It's getting the right people in the room.
0: Yep, that makes sense. and so so it it starts with that. It's really it's it's not just a way of thinking; it's a way of behaving, it's a way of acting, and and and, and saying to ourselves that it's rooted in in the in the thought that we're one team, and that we need to collaborate to create solutions uh, across our different groups, and we and. I mean, what what are the most important things to be able to pull that off? Because I'm I'm trying to picture. Well, uh, and I've certainly been a part of it in different environments and the you know w- on project teams. Um, I'm trying to picture the roadblocks to collective problem solving. What, so, you know, what, what's us, necessary to pull that off?
2: Yeah, for us, it's it's almost second nature because we have uh, all of our services in house: architecture, engineering. Uh, construction management, commissioning. And then it's, you know, you're getting those, you, you build those relationships with, with trusted trade partners um, and you get the, the early collaboration with them. Uh, when you have, you know, when you're uh, starting with, with concept and going into BOD, you want to make sure you get involvement from, you know, it's not just the architects and the engineers at that point, the construction teams coming in. You're pulling in uh, your your trusted uh, trade partners to uh, get valuable input, and uh, that it's it's early on in those those key stages of a project lifecycle where you need to make the decision on what types of things you're going to try and prefabricate. Uh, what do you want? What do you want to make modular? Um, ha- and and what's what are going to be some of the roadblocks? And who's the best to talk about those roadblocks with the people that are going to be doing it in the field. And, and that type of collaboration, you know, we, we live that every day uh, here at Genesis and uh, you know, just bringing in the trade partners. We, we, there's, there's a number of trade partners that we have, you know, really good relationships with that uh, it, it makes, it makes that collaboration a lot easier.
0: Love it. That's great. And it's, you know, one critical source of waste, if there's something that I see as waste on virtually every project that I get you know, visibility into, the there's just an, an immense amount of waste rooted in uh, leaving the trades out of the process until you know, of, of the design process of the planning process until so late in the game that they are really stuck with, um, you know, they're, they're stuck with it. <laughs> you know, they're stuck with a set yeah. of challenges with, yeah. it, with a, with a set of problems that then compound because if the trades ahead of them haven't resolved potential issues, uh, earlier, right. That they're, they're, they're left with plans that are so that lack so much coordination that they're really designing it anew as they go, and it's I mean it turns into a mess. Right, and that's um, the that's of the, the
2: key of, of getting them in early, and you know you the the engineers of record will get the design to a point where then it can be handed off to the trade partners, and all that coordination then happens in a three D model, um, you know. you start building that 3D model at, at your 50% design. And then now the shop drawing process has started at the, you know, at 50% design, if you're going through that coordination as opposed to completing a full set of construction documents and giving it to uh, the trades to then leave to them to coordinate, you know, all of the other miscellaneous items. It's let them start coordinating early. They have knowledge of the, of the facilities, They've been doing this a long time. Uh, It's much more efficient for them to do that coordination than for the engineers to coordinate it and then give it to the trade, you know, the contractors to to also coordinate. Um, You know, and then having that 3D model, uh, we've got, um, you know, these 3D model workstations that are actually out in the field so that you know, the the trades are working right off of those workstation there. You flip open a gang box. It's got a monitor in it. It's got a, it's got a computer in it. And they're, they got the 3D model up on the screen, uh, up on the open gang box lid. And then you got people are working out of the real time model, as opposed to, you know, somebody's out there with a piece of paper, that's bulletin one, and you're on bulletin 10. It's like, all right. Well, here's another waste. you you've now just you've just created rework for yourself because you got to redo something because you didn't have you know the most up to date documents. Totally.
0: Yeah. It's so so. I'm as as I work to distill action items and and you know takeaways for the audience. What uh, I've got three things that I just want to call out, and that and then a couple other questions for you. Uh, number one is big room this idea of having a big room, the big room I think r- really refers to inviting everybody who's going to be a part of the conversation into one big conversation uh, about the issues and uh, collectively uh, working on those. Is that right?
2: That's the big yeah, one. And, and, and listening to people's ideas and thoughts and no matter right, how. Right. Yeah. Instead of forwarding you your own again, Yeah. Like uh, you know, take, take nothing's off the table, right? You, you, whatever, anything you can think of that could potentially help the project. I'll give you an example. This was something that I thought was completely outlandish at the time, but it wound up being a success is we put a tower crane on top of an operating building, uh, an operating library. Uh When that idea first came out, I was completely against it. Uh, I thought it was absolutely insane, uh, but we went through the steps and we, You know, we triple checked everything, you know, we had, we were performing vibration uh, analysis on the steel as we were setting the crane up there and moving the crane around just to make sure that there was no, um, there was no disruptions to science uh, during the time that it was up there. Uh, We and, And then we utilized pool planning in order to expedite the schedule to get that crane off of the roof as quickly as possible. Uh, and, you know, and we prefabricated a lot of the, um, utilities and equipment that was going up on the roof that was being set with that crane in order to execute that. But when, when that idea was first floated out there, you know, my thoughts were no way, not, not on my watch, but, yeah. uh, we did it and it, and it was a, it was a big win for the project and the team. That's awesome.
0: That's uh, so so second concept and this is it kind of locks in with the first one. <clears throat> but the second takeaway that I want to surface is early collaboration. The earlier the better. Uh, early collaboration, early coordination, uh, so so inviting people into the big room, ASAP uh, as opposed to right. uh, as opposed to doing things maybe the old-fashioned way. And then number three, I've got finding and uh, implementing the right tools to enable, or enhance that collaboration. So this is where you're talking about, you know, your 3D models and you're, you're talking about, um, you know, uh, give devices uh, that are out on gang boxes and, right. you know, giving people uh, the, the tools that lock up with that. And this is where I think a lot of people are getting it wrong is that, you know, I had a conversation recently with a general contractor and I was talking about interesting technologies, different, interesting softwares. And he said, man, the last thing I want is more software in this company. We, the, we, the last thing we need is more software in this company. I started laughing. I was like, but what if it's the right software? And he goes, no, man, you don't get it. Software isn't the solution. Software's, you know, it's the tool. Right. Uh, the solution has to be developed. And then we got to find the right, right software that will enable us to follow that solution. And that's so smart. It's 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 absolutely spot on. And so the idea isn't, you know, we're going to buy all these softwares. We're going to get all these these softwares integrated into our company. Um, that can't be where you start. What you have to start with is these concepts, these pillars of collaboration and communication and the big room and um, you know, pool planning and, and, and a series of other different things that, that you know, uh, we should be doing. And then ask ourselves, what are the appropriate tools? Because sometimes it's a freaking whiteboard. Right. And, and, and sometimes it's a piece of paper, but you know uh, if we're, if we're working to eliminate waste, we're probably going to identify the right softwares as, as a, uh, as a part of that. So I'm going to bring Stacy back here. I'm sure she has some questions from the, from the audience and um, you know, some things that uh, we can build on from here. So Stace, what do we have?
1: So JT trainer said, which Softwares, does any leverage to implement these lean pro- practices? So right
0: to that point. What softwares yeah.
1: do, you, do you use? So so, so,
0: so okay. as long as I can start with just the disclaimer that don't start with software.
2: <laughs> yeah, so then, yeah. like I, you know, I like to say that, uh, you know, you, you've got to learn the fundamentals of math before somebody just gives you a calculator and you start doing it. You've got to, you have to learn how to, you know, like for instance, pool planning, you know, the. The the fundamental way to do it on a whiteboard with stickies or on a you know a long wall in a in a big room with the sticky notes and and figuring out the milestones and making forwards and backwards passes through the schedule. I'm sure a lot of people have done that and not even realized that they were doing pool planning. There's there's plenty of pool planning software programs out there. Um, we've used a couple of them. Uh they were they were helped. They were big help during COVID when people were trying to uh, work remotely. Um, you know, we use um, we're looking at some some 4D scheduling programs uh, that you know allow you to take the schedule and you know kind of build the project using animations. Uh, so we've got a couple of those that we're we're looking at utilizing um, virtual reality to for uh, to allow virtual walkthroughs of the model with, you know, whether it's with the end users, with maintenance, so you can help spot things that may require rework. So you're not doing it in the field. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to just start naming softwares, but um, yeah, those are, those are some of the things that that we utilize.
0: Excellent. Um, yeah. And I'm sitting here like, you know, I, uh, I'm not, what I'm not would you Google?
2: the software companies
0: right yeah exactly no, <laughs> no free plugs no but you know so, so you would be looking up 4d scheduling programs coming away from this you might be looking up uh virtual uh, uh pull planning tools yeah you know, as, as uh
2: logistics there there's there's software out there for logistics and planning that allows you know real-time field communications for deliveries, so you can schedule all your just-in-time deliveries uh that's another one that we're looking at so uh, and and to be honest with you, there's so many different software programs out there. I recently said, I feel like I'm drinking from a fire hose with the number of software yeah. programs that we're looking at and trying to implement. And it's like, let's take, you know, one bite of the elephant at a time.
0: I uh, to- totally agree with you. Software can serve an incredible purpose. But I, I when, when I take a look at so many construction companies, technology stack of software, I, I immediately uh, start asking what percentage of this are, are we really, are we really using? You I know? mean, you and, gotta, and
2: you, you gotta get small. the fundamentals down. And like, we're, I
0: know, love that example that you gotta understand the fundamentals of math before you can actually work a calculator. It's a really good point. And, and what we should be doing is, you know, training and understanding how to do this stuff in the absence of technology and then overlaying the technologies as it makes sense. It right. makes all the sense in the world. me.
2: Right. Good,
0: what do else we have,
1: got? Do you have any tips on um, assigning someone a role with, I guess you decide a software or you filter through these companies with different questions you're going to ask them and then you bring them on board. Do you give that um, role to somebody in your organization to test out the software for like 30 days and then you make a decision or like, how do you, go through that process. What we'll
2: do is try and, try and like beta test it on a smaller project and then let the team test it. And then let's work, let's work with the the company to try and overcome any of the shortfalls, uh, you know, see how we can improve it. Um, Or, you know, sometimes it's just, it doesn't work out and we, you know, we move on to, to something else. And, you know, we're kind of in that stage now where there, we've got a lot of different things that we're trying to pick and choose from, uh, that we've, we've got a number of, I'll say pool planning softwares that we're utilizing. Um, most of what we do for information management is on, is on one system. And and what we're trying to do is find things that, um, can, uh, bolt on to that program or, or are compatible with it. So. I'm sure a lot of people know what program that is I'm talking about <laughs> all
0: right um, I actually I have a question here that that relates to a comment that one of our one of our uh, audience members made is do, do you view um, what's your view on rep- using pool planning to replace uh, CPM schedule creation and
2: maintenance so it's' It's more of the granular level of the CPM schedule. You're going to, what you wanna do is is find the, you wanna find the critical path of the project and then utilize pool planning to try and pull in that critical path and then go back to the critical path schedule and see if the critical path has changed because you've just now shortened the critical path. They work hand in hand they don't, the, one's not a replacement for the other.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, we agree. I, a think, lot of I think times
2: you're, you're trying to pull plan, you know, a, a duration of the project ahead, whether it's six weeks, whether it's 12 weeks, but you're trying to get out ahead of, you know, and you, you're looking at your constraints, you know, what's delivery times, what's a long, what are your longest lead delivery items? And let's see if we can, you know, start from there and then start to pull it in and, uh, are there ways you can expedite those deliveries? What are some of the constraints that you have coming up? There are RFIs that need to be answered. Are there submittals that are going to have a long process to go through?
0: Yeah, I um, think, I think the, it's a great way of putting it. You're describing, you know, to me, you use the term granular. I think that's right. I, I would also you know, maybe use the, use the thought of uh, there's the CPM schedule, and, and then we use pool planning to problem solve and, and to ensure that, that that is met or, or beat. Right. Um, but what we don't do is pretend like a three week look ahead is our CPM schedule. <laughs> that doesn't, that right. doesn't do it. That's right. not going to work. Um, so awesome. Good stuff. Anything uh, else uh, Stace, that you want to cover? Uh,
1: nope. No, I think we covered everything that I can think of.
0: Awesome. Very good. I have one one question, uh, Tom, which is what, what if somebody was um, inspired by the conversation that we had today, and if somebody is is just sick and tired of the inefficiency that they are experiencing on their projects, whether it's a trade contractor, it's uh, you know, somebody uh, you know at an A and E firm or um, a general contractor. What advice would you give to them to, to dig in deeper, learn more and figure out, you know, the kinds of skills that would help them to improve uh, u- using lean?
2: So uh, I think the first thing I would do is see, is there anything that they're actually already utilizing that can be um transformed into a lean process. Like we talk about pool planning. There's a lot of people that have done scheduling and you ask somebody if they've done pool planning before and then you said, have you ever done schedule with a sticky note? And they say, oh yeah, we've done that. All right, so you've already started to do that. Um, there's there's resources out there. Uh, the Lean Construction Institute, we have uh, a Mid-Atlantic community of practice uh, that I'm a, I'm a part of. Um, that's a that's an excellent resource, the Lean Construction Institute. They have a lot of um, a lot of publications, books, uh, you know, on target value delivery, on transforming construction and design. Um, so that's that's a good area of resource, um, you know. Depending on on what field they're in, you know, like I said about about the pool planning, uh, you know, maybe walk them through something as simple as just a morning huddle. Right. Just that's the name of this show, having a morning huddle and, and utilizing, you know, uh, what we like to do is we utilize uh, whiteboards with the floor plans on them. And then we have uh, whiteboards that have you talk about schedule and coordination and safety, you know, and we it's a it's a 15 minute stand up with the with the with the trades. Uh, you know, sometimes you've got the, the building owners or building maintenance involved in that as well. Uh, and it's just, all right, who's going to be where are we all on the same page and playing from the same sheet of music? Okay. Ready, break. So
0: take a, take a, uh, here's here again, surfacing the takeaways from, from this conversation. Love it. Take a critical eye to what you're currently doing today and, and ask yourself, can these things be transformed? Is there waste that we can eliminate? Are there tools that we should be using? Uh, you know, but, but take a critical look at what you're doing and ask yourself, is there anything that can be transformed? Number two, um, and I'm going out of order, but number two, just start holding a morning huddle with the people uh, associated it with your project. A uh, 15-minute stand-up where everybody talks about what they have going on that day, and that sense of awareness can oftentimes surface opportunities to eliminate waste, to create gains, and to help each other to run a better, more safe uh, work environment. And then uh, number three, if you're really passionate about this stuff, get involved potentially in the Lean Construction Institute. Stacy uh, shared uh, the link in the chat. That's something that people can check out and and educate themselves further. Join peer communities and uh, and start to apply concepts that will make your projects better.
2: Um, right. Does that, does and, that
0: summarize some.
2: Yeah, and I and I think the important thing is is you know. Start small. Pick pick one thing to try and transform instead of trying to flip the whole project on its ear. You know, like we talk about starting with a morning huddle. Just just pick one thing and then and then let it grow organically from there. Uh, and also, if anybody wants to, they can feel free to reach out to me. I you know, I could talk about this all day. Sort of awesome.
0: And he has <laughs> nothing going on, so you can really just reach yeah, out. To yeah, like that. I'm
2: completely <laughs> bored. <laughs>
0: got another, as, long as, as long as you're comfortable with a little depression today, post Eagles loss, uh, but you're yeah, trying to spot a Monday after an Eagles win, give Tom a call. It'll be a great, it'll be a great discussion.
2: That's all right. The last, the last time they were eight and one, they won the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, see, there it is. I love it. It's, isn't it great when you start pulling random statistics and uh, Hey, look, I'm sorry about the world series loss. Really sorry about the world series loss, but I think right. The economy thanks you. If I understand I guess, that correctly. I think
2: so. That's, yeah. As as history indicates.
0: Yeah. If anybody doesn't know, look that one up. All right, Tom, thank you so much for joining. Uh, we really appreciated having you. Uh, I, I look forward to future conversations with you on the huddle and off my friend. It was, uh, it was good to get to know you through this. Yeah, thank man.
2: Appreciate up. it. Thanks a lot. It was, it was a lot of fun and, uh, I'd definitely be up for doing it again. All
0: right.
2: Thank awesome. you. Thanks, Tom. All right.
0: All right, Stace. Let's do some cleanup. Let's bat some cleanup here. Um, yeah. uh, first things first, we're we're like rapidly approaching the end of this season. We have two episodes left in yeah. in season three before we take a break uh, through the month of December. And and you know we're not actually a hundred percent sure what date we're coming back, but it'll be the winter.
1: We'll mm-hmm. be back
0: this winter at some point. Um. Uh. So, but next week, uh, I'm really excited for the conversation, we're going to be having um, uh, my, my good friend and um, uh, developer, uh, Mead Rhodes on, who is going to be talking about really what matters to a developer, and in his case in particular, an affordable housing developer, when it comes to forging a strong uh, general contractor partnership. So we'll be hearing from that side of the equation next week, which I think will be great. I hope that our audience joins in force and asks all the tough questions of an affordable housing developer. Um, uh, Mead, uh, I, I would love to watch my my, my buddy Tap Dance uh, and handle those <laughs> questions. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, so we have that coming up. Stacy, do we have um, a, a steel token? You missed one more. The
1: and then the oh, 29th, what? we have uh, Kathy Hum. Joining us. Another awesome human. Last episode of the season. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Kathy is going to be coming on to talk about uh, how HR is not just, you know, ho hum HR if we're doing it right, but how HR is strategic for a construction firm. And uh, no matter what your size, how you should be thinking about HR strategically. That'll be a really uh, valuable conversation. Uh, I'm craving a marketing tip. Uh, (laughs) Stacy. what do you got?
1: Yeah. So I sent out a poll a couple days ago, um, holiday planning. I just want you to be a little bit more strategic when it comes to holiday planning. And one of the things that when I work with my clients, the biggest thing is to make sure that you have a current list of people that you're working with the past year or two. The emails are updated, the contacts are updated, make sure to get that list out to your PMs or project engineers ahead of time. Um, so you can get them their holiday card, whether it's print, that seems to be popular. Um, email, make sure you have the right contact information, that's completely key. And when you're thinking about gifts, personal personalization is the best way to go, it's more memorable. Also consider maybe get your gift out early or later. So maybe November or January, don't wait until the rush of everyone getting out gifts. I remember a PM had once sent me a picture. He was on a job site um, with a GC and there was just tons of baskets and they all look <laughs> the same. And our little basket just was so tiny compared to oh. everybody else. And it's like, that's not memorable. You know, um, and everyone's getting, and there's so much waste there too. Everyone's getting treats at the same time. So think about, um, gift giving at a different time and you'll stick out a little bit more.
0: I love it. That's a great idea. Thank you, Stacey. Sure. All right, cool. Um, guys, I think that covers it for today. One, uh, one thing that I did want to mention is that, uh, what, what Tom was talking about, um, you know, really does require teams to operate effectively as one uh, unit. And uh, his firm, Genesis, has, Genesis AEC, has uh, the, the benefit of having really a lot of the responsibilities under one roof where, you know, they are actually one company, so it's not theoretically as hard to actually, you know, act that way. Um, but, uh, but something that I spend a lot of my time doing is team building. And if anybody is listening to this and thinking we have team issues, I would love to chat with you about what's going on and see if there's any opportunity to help. Uh, it just, it relates so much to what we talked about today. Um, and, uh, like I say, if anybody's, uh, dealing with it, uh, we should, um, you know, we should talk. So, uh, Stacy, I'll see you next week. Thanks again to Tom. Thanks to the audience. Thank you so much for joining us as always. Please spread the word. See ya.
1: Have a great one. See ya.